Hello, everyone. This is Dovi Shapiro, and today I will be interviewing Rabbi Chaim Shulbrook Shliach in Bozeman, Montana, the head Shliach of Montana, on the topic of Merkish Shluchim. Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to share your experiences and help Shluchim have more Hatzlach in the Shluchim. My pleasure. I would like to begin by thanking our sponsors, Fassman Jewelers, the Smetana Group, Gift Cards Zen, and Ohana Pay. Thank you for making the podcast available to all Shluchim, and I ask the Shluchim if you have an opportunity to support our sponsors, please do so. So let's get right to it. Many Shluchim want to bring Merkur Shluchim, and uh, what happens is, you know, the year goes by, they have a lot of questions about it, how they're going to organize it, how to arrange it, how much it's going to cost them, and it just falls through the cracks. So um, I was requested by a few Shluchim to interview someone who brings Merkur Shluchim and um, how they go about it. So if we could just start with the basics. How do you, how do you arrange it, finding the right bakram, and uh, the setting it up? So let's start from the beginning. And my shluchas, as well as the shluchas of uh, my neighbor in Wyoming, Dalman Mendelssohn, both started from Merkish shluchas. We, uh, we spent summers doing Merkish shluchas in what today is our Mokema shluchas. And because of the success of the Merkish shluchas, we ended up moving out and opening a Chabad house in two states that never had uh, Lubavitch. Uh, Lubavitch, you know, Lubavitch was never represented there permanently, and today we, we're there at full force. And to me, Merkish Lukas is the key of it all. It's a It's an opportunity to reach Eden in their house, in their comfort zone, and Fadreng uh, with them. That's really what it is, to send Fadreng with Eden. And, you know, I 95% of the time, I pick my Bachim, Meaning, I do my own homework and I find out who, you know, who's out there and who's my, uh, you know, a friend gives me a name of another friend. The Bachman from last year tell me names of good guys for next year. I try to know who I'm bringing before to know uh, what to look forward to. I bring them for a full month because, in a state the size of Montana, uh, as well as many other states in the Union, it takes more than two weeks of, you know, in two weeks you can touch the surface, but a month gives you at least a substantial amount of time. To, to touch the flushes, and we've had stories from from for babies to uh, the people permanently wearing film um, to our mezuzah campaign, which was done through America's Lucas. It's truly one of the greatest assets that we have, and uh, I hope over the next couple of minutes I'll be able to share some insight on how others look to make that a reality. Do you think that any any shliach, um, for instance, I'm in Flagstaff. I think I could use Merkur Shluchim. I'm not, in a, I'm not in, a, in a state alone where, you know, there's so many cities to go to, but I, I think in my own city I can use Merkur Shluchim. Do you think most Shluchim could benefit from having Merkur Shluchim? There's not a question in my mind that any I live in a city with a population of 38,000. Jewish population is under 500. And the last two years, besides for the summer Merkur Shluchim, I brought two Bachim around Pesach time, about 10 days before Pesach. And they go around, and they don't go out of my city. In the summer, they go all over the state, but during Pesach, in the, in the, in the 10 days before Pesach, they only go locally to the Bozeman area to, to bring matzahs to people, one-on-one, face-to-face. We've had people come to this door, and we have people that have a relationship now permanently with the Chabad It's a result of the Bach and Pesach showing up at the door and, uh, and, and bringing them back some matzah. And, uh, and in, in some cases, even putting up a mezuzah, they realized it wasn't on the front door. There's no question in my mind. I mean, I used to go around getting out matzah, but as time progresses and work grows, it uh, becomes uh, harder and harder to be able to do everything simultaneously. And so 
That's where these Bachrim come into the picture. I mean, the asset that they can provide, and you give them the independence. You don't know, you, you don't, the Bachrim need to be treated well. So it's a new Madrega that we live in, a new era, and that anyone you hire that the Lubavitcher needs to be treated well. You have to make sure that the, they, God forbid, never think that you're, uh, that you're uh, treating them like with every other label under the sun. You're, you're not their slave, they're not your servant. And the way to do that is possible not to give them any other jobs inside their shlusha. If they want to help, that's wonderful. But their job should be partial to go visit you, period. That's it. They come for 10 days, and by me, it's, uh, there's a regimen, there's no chokhmah. They don't start at, at noon, giving out matzahs. By noon, you should already visit 15 to 20 families. Because you start at 9 o'clock in the morning, and you go door to door. And so it's an opportunity, partial to reach the shamans that in most cases, you know, we don't have the capability of reaching everyone. And so this is a great way of bringing people into the door. And more importantly, to bring them into the door, Pasha's giving them an opportunity to experience Teda and the Tenet Stoyim. So two summers ago, we had a big Mazuza campaign, for example. This summer, I said, okay, I listened to the podcast about the Frayim Zimmerman and picking one this And I said, oh, it's a great idea from Ephraim. So why don't I do the same thing with Merkish Lucas so this summer? We're going to focus on Kashas. How do you do Kashas in a state the size of Montana? So we're printing our own, uh, we, we customize a, a personal brochure just on Kashas. It's, a, it's called the Montana something like the Montana Kosher uh, Shopping Guide. It has it has pictures of, one of, of all the basic kachshedim. It has some basic information about what's a kosher fish. You know, it's not going to be able to provide them a kosher steak when they're shopping in Montana, but kosher is not like every, every other myth. It's not either or, or, and so they'll, they'll do it in baby steps, but there's an opportunity. They go shop a little, little booklet that goes in their purse, their wallet, and they can push it, have the information with them, and every home in Montana will get that. And that's going to be delivered, hand-delivered, with the Bachim Fabrenging with them about kosher and Mr. Kashus, while giving them something they can actually take with them. I can't do that. I can't drive every day seven hours to face to the other side of the state. These guys are going to pull it off, and it's going to be another, it's going to be another opportunity for, for, for enhancing Yiddishkeit in our state. Wow. Amazing. Talk a minute about uh, setting it up. Like by when in the year do you have to get it set up? How much is it costing you to do it? Uh, oh, you put that, up the bathroom. That, that I have a place to put up the bathroom. Oh, I should say when they're in Bozeman, which is only maybe half of the month. You know, when they're going to places that are driving distance, so they stay in one of the places that we own. But the rest of the time, I I book the motels with like Expedia or whatever Priceline, and uh, and we put them up in hotels. The approximate cost to having them for a month with a rental car. And their flights, especially in a place like Montana, where the flights are pretty expensive, um, food, etc. You're looking at, at, at approximately, depending on your, uh, depending on the year, I pay anywhere between six and eight thousand dollars. Six and eight thousand dollars. If you bring them for less than a month, it should be significantly cheaper than that. America gives a thousand dollars. The Zaplarsky's office and the Microsoft's office do a wonderful job in giving a stipend towards that. Um, but you have to be ready to, you have to be, you have to recognize that hiring these guys without even paying them, obviously, just the cost is going to cost you, you know, definitely a couple of grand. And, uh, you know, and, and Sunday morning, every Sunday morning, we sit down in my office. I give them the, uh, the schedule for the week, which cities they're going to, how far it is. I give them the geographic information of, you know, where's where and what's what. And besides for the names that I give them of you in that area, I probably have today on my, on my, uh, in my database, in my CMS, I probably have 150 to 200 names of youth that live in Montana 
that are names that were provided to me by the Mekrishluchim for the years of going around and saying, oh, I met this one, but you know, his friend is this guy and that one. And, and then I have a thing. When they go to smaller stuff, or they go to towns that have a population of 100, 200, 300, very, very small towns, I tell them to go to the gas station or go to the local convenience store and partially do the old-fashioned way and ask anyone in the store or, or in the gas station, do they know of a, a Jew? And actually... In one of the places in Mile City, Montana, it turns out that one of the gas station owners was a Yid. And so the family that now, because of going to the gas station to find Yidin, is actually a family that owns the gas station that, that is now, you know, connected to Yiddish guys through our mailings, etc. We keep them in the loop with our Jewish calendar, obviously, but also we have three to four times a year we print Montana's Jewish Voice. It's the state's only Jewish publication. And all these Yidin that are met through Microsoft get it. And so... It's partially, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a situation where you invest a month of work and you see the pay there's a lot of love them and, and pay mamas. It's not theoretical. It's not the ruchni. If you see it, obviously it's ruchni. If you see it in Palomamas, the gashmi, I have a guy that just signed up to put an ad on my calendar for, for, for not a lot of money, but, you know, a few hundred dollars. But he lives in a shtetl of literally the population, I think, is under 70 or something. A tiny town. He's a doctor that retired there. How do I know about him? America's listen. There's partial media here in the year, and I see the results locally and statewide from, from bringing these guys out. And so if we're busy investing money, you know, $2,000 a year to have JLI classes and, and then the chlesvos and, and then $1,000 a year to go to the kindos, and we have all these wonderful expenses. You think about it in the bigger picture, the expense of America's listen, yes, it's a couple of grand, and yes, you have to deal with Lubavitcher Boston, which we all wore not that long ago, we were in the same boat as them, and yes, we said the same. We made the same mistakes that they did. We spoke the same uh, English that they spoke, and yet we all uh, turned out pretty good. And so we got to let them be who they are and be the, their independent selves. And I have all spectrums of Bachem. I've had Bachem that are the most Chassidish Bachem since the 70s. I have guys that were more on the modern side, but they wanted to do marriage with us. And the bottom line is they've all succeeded in their own way, and it was, it's always a major success. And we got to. You got to just sign them up and, and get them rolling. When, when in the year do you have to actually get, um, take care of the sign? Get it ready. I'm sorry. I missed that part of your. Yeah, I missed that part of your question. I right after Pesach, I start snooping around to see who's out there, um, and I, I locked my guys in this time right before Shavuos. So I mean, it took time. We we're trying with this guy and this guy and the other guy, and finally found two guys. And uh, I bought I bought their tickets a day or two after Shavuos. They're coming for a full month, and uh, we're honestly uh, really looking forward to, to to see what the next two guys can pull off in our state. What what is it? What is the deadline on on, on America's side? Uh, that's a good question. I know America sends out their email right, literally, I think like a day or two after Pesach, and so they they really want Shluchim to sign up early. Um, at this point, I don't know. I don't know the answer. You can still sign up. My guess is if you they, they can probably squeeze you in. Um, but it's definitely worth it. It's worth the begging. It's worth the beseeching because there's no reason to wait till next summer. We have this summer. There's going to be a beautiful summer. Why are these two going to be deprived of, uh, of Yiddish guys? Because we were lazy and we were lazy bums. Right. In your, in your own city, when you, tell, when you yeah. give them an area to go to, you just give them an area and you say go? There's or no, you, they, they work off of a little no, no, there's, there's no. I never give people areas and say go because it wastes their time. And, and, and my city doesn't have areas. My city is, uh, is not big enough to have neighborhoods, you know what I mean? I mean, it's officially neighborhoods, but it's all really the same little shtetl. 
But uh, I sit down with them. I tell them a list of here. These are the people you should go to. If there's anything particular I want them to know about that particular person, I tell them. Otherwise, I just uh, I tell them go bring them out, and that's it. They don't have to know the guy's whole life story. It's not their job. If they sit in Fabrain with him, if they sit in Fabrain with him, they'll find out his life story. And if they don't, the fact that I waste my time telling them the guy's life story is irrelevant, especially if there's something negative on the list. You had either a negative encounter or other medical stuff. Don't tell them. Let them go with a smile and stand at the guy's door, and he'll open it up and he'll get upset again that Lubavitch sent them both. Very good, but his shama will be hurt and feel guilty for the next year because he'll debauch him about standing there and remind him that he's a youth. And so, if a guy tells you, don't ever come back to my property, so, you know, we, we're, not, we're not in the stalking business, you don't want to go to prison. But if a guy was such a not nice to the Bokhim and never deliberately told him not to come back, I send them, go bring in matzahs. What are you going to do? Throw it back in your face? So, A, the Bokhim will get a good experience of what Shlissus is truly like, and B, that year will feel bad for the next 10 years that he threw the matzahs back into the guy's face. So it's a win win situation. Do they, do they record everything? When, after they meet someone, do they, do they sit down in the car, write down? Yes. Every time I have Bokhim, I demand duchs. I need to know who they met. What they did, did they put up a mezuzah, did they put on Zoom, did they give out, did they sell books? What was the guy into, you know? They get, and so, but the guy's do these days actually was there on so it wasn't even my so, but they, every night, they just email from their phone. They email me the book of that day. I have a separate file in my Gmail account, and I put everything there. And so this way, I can always, at the end of the summer, I go through that account, I update my CMS based on the information that was in that, in that folder, and get going, and then we're on to the next year. Mm-hmm. Are there are there any important messages besides just bringing with them? Is, it, is there anything that you that you always make sure that the medical system try to communicate, or information that they try to get from people, whether it's an email address or a physical address, you, phone you, number? I, I try to get, I, I try for them to get as much contact information as they could, um, but the, the main thing is that they should know, and that I make sure the medical system tells us whoever they could that yes, Balabayas will be resumed, that the state of Montana was gifted by the Lubavitch Rebbe, which now today we already have two schools in Baruch Hashem, and that uh, if they live in the particular area that belo- you know, that's under the jurisdiction of that particular shliach, they should get in touch with their shliach to help them, to help them and the shliach tw- here 24-7, 365 days a year, to service their spiritual, physical, and uh, any other uh, needs that they, they may need. And so they need to know there's an address, Back in the day, you know, you you know, if you told you told them that the, the Rebbe has an address in 770, and today, you know, you tell them obviously that they can get the bracha from the oil, and then you have to tell them locally on the state level that there's an address. The, the, the Rebbe has a, a permanent address in Montana, or two permanent addresses in Montana, and the Rebbe wants those addresses to be a particular for this particular person. And so by letting them know that the Rebbe, Yeshu Rebbe, be Yisrael, and that the Rebbe has shluchim in this state. My American children are able to make that shidduch. They're able to make the shidduch between between uh, between these hidden in the in the out in the outskirts of the state, you know, in the in the shtetlach with with the state headquarters. And it does. There's no question. I get I get emails and and phone calls from all over the state all year round from Yidden that uh, that only know about our existence because of American children, and they contact us for all their needs because this is this is uh, Yadus Montana is located at this address. <laughs> Any last messages that you want to share with Shluchim on the topic of America Shluchim? I'll just say that I'll reiterate the same point as I said before. The Rebbe is the one that made America Shluchim into this phenomenal, phenomenal industry uh, and, and Moisid. Really, the America Shluchim is a Moisid that builds Yiddishkeit and r- rural Judaism, if you wish. 
And uh, it's an experience I don't want to defame or speak negatively about the the, the Camp Gan Yisrael experiences for, for Lubavitcher kids. I'm sure it's wonderful to teach Lubavitchers from Crown Heights that I watch Nagelvata. I'm not going to argue about that. But uh, but there's nothing like it in the world to be able to be the Rebbe's man, to be able to be there in the forefront, push it in the trenches, out in the middle of Boondock, Montana, or wherever, um, raising the Rebbe's flag, and, 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 and more importantly, uh, uh, the ultimate of what the Rebbe wants is that uh, every single year should do mitzvahs, and that's our job. All these other fancy things and fancy brochures and alamaisas, it's all garnished with garnish compared to the one mitzvah that he eats in Hudson Fuss, you uh, wherever USA has the experience of doing it. So if any of my colleagues want to call me any time to talk about the experience, it would be my uh, pleasure and honor because I think this is where it's at. What's your number? My cell is 406-600-4934. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Rabbi Brook, for sharing with Shluchim about your hot and unique approach to America, Shluchim. We really appreciate your time. Uh, a pleasure. This is Dovi Shapiro, and I would like to thank all the Shluchim for continuing to send in ideas uh, for who to interview. If you have any ideas of Shluchim of who to interview, please let me know. And in general, all feedback is welcome. If uh, you have any ideas to make the podcast even better, I'd greatly appreciate it. Thanks, and make it a great week.